0: visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com. Email him at csawyer any maccom or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Annie Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage. Act. Direct. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender Broker Number, ML338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number, 20112810L. Call for additional details. pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the
1: poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. they even close to the best organization in baseball.
2: They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees.
1: Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Rister along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And Saquon and the Giants could not get a deal done on Monday. So if he plays in 2023, which he which he definitely will, he is going to have to play on the franchise tag. He has yet to sign the franchise tag. So he most likely will not be at training camp when they open camp on Wednesday. And honestly, as a Giants fan, I don't mind this. I don't mind him playing the franchise tag. I didn't want to play a running back 17 million a year. I feel like I feel like Joe Shane did not want to do that either. This is not a guy Brian Dable and Joe Shane brought in. I, I don't mind. I don't honestly, I don't mind this. I don't, I don't mind this at all. I think this, this is, this is, this is good for the franchise that they're not paying a running back this kind of money. And uh, I th- I, th- I think going forward, this, 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 this is the right move for this team.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, look, you know, you could say it's unfair that running backs are not getting paid anymore, but you know, their lifespans just, you know, are not great and it's become like a huge passing league and, Um, in a lot of ways, and look, you know, Saquon's got no leverage in this in this point or in this spot right now. So I'm fine with the Giants kind of saying, all right, you know, let him do what he wants, and just again, you know, you know, on his own, he's still training and getting right and getting himself ready for the season. Um, but again, I don't know if he's gonna sit out or not. But the last time somebody did that was Le'Veon Bell, and look what happened to him. He's never the same. So I, I, you know, I can't imagine. Hopefully for the Giants, he does come back or you know he does sign the franchise tag and all that but i I completely agree agree with you there's there's no point to uh you know for the giants here to reset the running back market there's not
1: not at all none at all and and why this is the right move for the giants i mean if you look at saquon barkley uh i mean he's been great when he's on the field but in the five years he's been on the team he's missed 21 games and i think another reason why the giants didn't do this is is because of the growth of Daniel Jones. This offense became an offense more about, in the second half of the year, this became an offense that was more about Daniel Jones than Saquon Barkley. We remember, you know, in London, when Barkley wasn't on the field for that 91-yard drive when the Giants tied the game. I mean, uh, Jones broke a uh, franchise history against Jacksonville, being the first quarterback to rush, to throw for over 200 yards and rush for over 100 yards. And then you saw at the end of the year when they started to unlock Daniel Jones, that 97-yard drive against the Commanders. That was a huge touchdown drive. Then the, the the... then the game against the Vikings where he throw, or they lost, but he threw for over 300 yards. Then the game against the Colts where he had four total touchdowns, and then the playoff game where Saquon only had nine carries. And Daniel Jones threw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns, and they won that playoff game. This offense is becoming more about Daniel Jones, and it's going to continue to become more about Daniel Jones. because They went out and and uh, traded for Darren Waller. They went out and signed uh, and went out and drafted uh, J- Jalen Hyatt. So I, I, I think that uh, I think this offense is becoming more and more about Daniel Jones. And as good as Saquon is, it's becoming less and less about him. Yes, they needed him early on because they didn't know what they had with Daniel Jones. But once Brian Dable knew he could unlock Daniel Jones, the offense became more about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And that's why I think this is the right move.
2: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. you know, Daniel Jones did have a, you know, really, you kind of saw finally that there was some progression with him last year. And yeah, with Barkley, yeah, he's missed a lot of time. Again, when he's been out there, he's 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 been great, at, you know, production-wise, you know, passing wise, uh, I mean, receiving wise and rushing and rushing wise. But yeah, you know, with the way Daniel Jones played. And again, you could fill, you know, you could fill running backs. You know, you could just sign a guy in this. You know, I know they got Eric Gray, you know, and they got Matt Breida. He's been a capable running um, backup. And that's really, you know, that's all you kind of need for running backs at this point. You know, there's again, look at Dalvin Cook. The Viking just caught him. I mean, the Chargers don't even want to pay Austin Eckler, who's had 38 total touchdowns the last two years. Like it just—it's a different—it's a different world. So, yeah, you know, and, and two with the offense, and you know, and with offenses nowadays in the NFL, again, always in the past, you'd see fourth and one, fourth and two, teams running up, they give it to the running back and, and let them go to work. Now on fourth and one, fourth and two, you're seeing teams go shotgun four, you know, five wide, and you know they're they're trying to, you know, they're they're throwing the ball on fourth down. So. Yeah, it's a a totally different league and teams are kind of, you know, their fullback has kind of pretty much gone extinct. And I don't know if the running back will ever go extinct, but it's, you know, teams are less and less using them and want to pay them less. And, you know, it's unfortunate. So, yeah, you know, for the Giants, it's, you know, it's tough. Barkley has been a big part of that team, but, you know, when he's been on the field. But, yeah, it's just it's too risky to pay a running back that much money nowadays.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And our next question is going to be, is, is, is this, is this going to be a distraction for this team going into training camp? Is this going to be a distraction? And I don't think it's going to be because you know why I don't think Brian Dable is going to allow it. Brian Dable, he was the coach of the year for a reason. He changed the culture with the giants last year. I think this team trusts that Brian Dable is going to lead them in the right direction. I don't think this is going to be a distraction. Now are the giants a better football team with Eric gray and uh, Matt Rita r- running the ball uh, running back? No, but this isn't gonna be a distraction is Brian Dable. This team, I feel like, trust Brian Dable. They trust Brian Dable, they believe in Brian Dable. And I feel like I feel like this is the, he's not gonna allow this to be a distraction going into training camp.
2: No, I don't think it will. And I, I think the players understand what Barkley's trying to do here too. Like, I, under, like I, I bet those players understand he's trying to get his money. You know, they you know, they. Like, they understand what he's trying to do here. And I know, and I don't think, you know, the the players are you know, angry or upset at him. So, like, I don't think it's going to be a distraction. And, yeah, you know, your points on Dable too. He's done a great job of turning that culture around. Um, You know, I don't think it's going to be a big problem in that locker room.
1: No, no, it's it, it it's 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 definitely not. I feel like this locker room is a really good locker room. I feel like it's gonna it's, it's gonna be it's 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 a really uh, the locker room it, they believe in that coach. I think that and I think with some of the talent on, on this team coming into this season, too. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is gonna have a definitely a better year. I think Evan is gonna have a better year. they those guys are gonna step up. They went out and they got Darren Waller. They, they I mean they, they made that move. They went out and, and drafted Jalen Hyatt. So they've drafted pieces on the team. They they they, I, they have more talent on this team than they did last year. I Know they're not gonna have Saquon in training camp, but they have more talent than they've had last year. I think this team is going as planned and as scheduled. I know there's gonna be a lot of questions about Saquon, but I but I but I think Brian Dable is gonna be able to answer those questions. This team is gonna move forward and have a really, really strong training camp.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I bet Dable, you know, the first time that thing comes up, he's gonna address it once and kind of say, Look, I don't want any more quite that it is where it is. And yeah, I, I think it's gonna be something where you know, there's not too much distraction. Joel, at some point he comes, Barkley comes back and, you know, plays on the franchise tag. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, Brian Dable, the team, kind of handles this well. I think they all kind of understand where Barkley's coming from. And, you know, he just wants to get paid what he thinks he, he should get paid. And, you know, and I don't think the players will have have too big of a problem with that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this thing is not going to be
1: uh, an issue in that locker room. Oh, not at all, not at all, not at all. Now the big question is, is, Is will he play in week one? When the Giants face the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, will Saquon Barkley be out there for week one? And to me, there's no doubt in my mind he'll play. He'll play. Because as you said earlier, the Giants have all the leverage. Saquon could just sit, Saquon could sit out the entire season and he would cost himself $10 million. The Giants have all the leverage. Eventually, Saquon's going to come back. And you also brought up Le'Veon Bell. What happened with Le'Veon Bell when he sat out of season? He was never the same. So right now the Giants have all the leverage. They got all the leverage. I they, There is no way in my mind that Saquon won't be out there for week one because he's not going to forfeit money. He's not going to forfeit money. Now, will he be, will he be happy? He, we'll see. But he's not going to forfeit money. So for me, there is no way Saquon won't be out there when the Giants are playing on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys in week one.
2: To me, yeah, I, I think he will be out there. But if he tries to go out there and kind of goes, you know, doesn't play week one, it sees what happens. Like the cow, like the Giants are an underdog anyways. The Cowboys, like even if he doesn't play and he tries to like, kind of like make a point, like you, you know, even with Saquon, you you probably lose that game. So, I, you know, like even if he, you know, wants to kind of try to prove a point week one, if if he doesn't, he's not out there. Um, it'd be pretty tough to do. So I, I feel like yeah, he he's going to be out there, and I think he, I'm with you. I think he understands that. Yeah, you probably sees what happened to Le'Veon Bell and you know again 10 million dollars I know he wants more but again you know I feel like it's I I feel like still even with that on the table I feel like it, it's kind of hard to just kind of shake your head and say no I, I think at some point he will he will sign I'll be out in the field week one
1: yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be I, I'm confident he's gonna be and 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 uh I want him to be. I want him to be on the field week one I, because you know we definitely, we definitely would have a better chance of beating the Cowboys if he's yeah. out there week one. Yeah, you could always say, "Oh, Matt Breida and uh, Eric Gray could do the job." Uh, they really haven't proven they could do the job, so I definitely want him out there. I want him out there for week one, and and I and honestly, I would not be. Uh, I, I I I would I would be shocked if he wasn't out there for week one.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, Eric Gray did a lot of damage in college you know, and, and he's a decent receiving back too. He caught over 30 passes. So he can do a little bit too catching on the backfield, um, which will help. Cause I know Barkley's, you know, over the years has been a big part of that, you know, as a receiving back as well. So you do have that, but yeah, you know, Eric Gray hasn't proven anything yet at the NFL level. Um, you know, Matt Breida has been good, but he's an older running back. I know he doesn't have much as much kind of wear and tear maybe because he hasn't, you know, he's had some injury concerns throughout his career. Um, but yeah, I feel like you know, Barkley. You know, I think there's a good chance that Barkley's out there week one, and and yeah, the Giants definitely have a better shot with Saquon with Saquon Barkley out there than Matt Breeden and, and Eric Gray.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see what happens throughout the summer with with what happens with Saquon, and through training camp with what happens in that with that situation. But. With uh, other guys not getting, with Josh Jacobs not getting a long-term long-term deal, and Tony Pollard, who did his, sign his franchise tender, he didn't get a long-term deal either. The big question is: is what has happened to the running back position in the NFL? What's happened to the position? It's been undervalued, and 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 I think I think it's But uh, but it makes sense that it is undervalued, and I got three reasons why it does make sense that 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 uh, does make sense that it's undervalued. Uh One of them is the players just don't stay elite players for a long time. They don't stay great players for a long time. So you're not going to sign a running back to a long-term deal if you're not getting the same if you're not getting the same kind of production. Look at Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas. When the Cowboys signed Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott was a top Ezekiel Elliott was a top running back in the league for 3 years. And then when he signed that deal, he kept getting worse and worse and worse. And The Cowboys could not wait to get rid of him. And now he can't even find a team to be on it now. He was one of the top running backs in the league 4 years ago and now he can't even find a team. So that, that, that's one reason why uh, this is the second reason why, two guys could do the job one guy can do. I mean, you could if you get two guys to rush for 65 yards in a game, two running backs to rush for 65 yards in a game, that's as good as one running back rushing for 130 yards. So this is a position where two guys could do the job. It's not like quarterback where you can't have two quarterbacks. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. An elite receiver dictates coverage in a game. And we'll talk about that with DeAndre Hopkins when we talk about Hopkins. But an elite receiver dictates coverage. Running back, you could have two guys that could do the job that one guy could do. That's another reason why the position has been devalued. And lastly, when is a great running back led a team to a championship? The last amazing great running back was Adrian P Pe- like great running back in the league was Adrian Peterson. The Vikings won one playoff game with Adrian Peterson. Great running backs don't lead teams to championships. So my three, my, my reasons are is, is that two guys can do the job. One guy, uh, one guy can do, they don't stay great. They don't have a long, they, they don't, they don't stay elite players for a long time. And, uh, you don't great run. You know, you it's tough for a great running back to carry you to a championship. So I understand why the running back position is being devalued in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I completely agree at three points, you know, um, and you know, the other, you know, I'll bring up a couple, I think, you know, the, like the way the game is played too. Now, you know, as I was, was mentioned too, like fourth and one, fourth and two, like even at the goal line now, you know, you're seeing teams yeah. run a shotgun and, and throwing the ball to two now. So, the games kind of is evolved to being a much more passing type of of game, and um, especially with the new rules too of kind of protecting the quarterback and all that. Like it, you know, it's hard to play defense. It's hard to you know be, play corner and safety nowadays. You know, with all the new rules and all that, and um, so it, 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 you know, that's been an issue. Um, and like in a hard cap sport too, it's it's tough. Like. You know, when you're paying these quarterbacks $45, 50000000 and, again, we're going to keep getting higher and higher, you know, you'd rather probably save some of that money instead of paying a running back 15 to $20 million a year or, you know, a year. Yeah, you can find two cheap options, you know, and, and go from there and be okay. So, yeah, I just think the way the sport's going, too, it just – it again, as I mentioned, too, the fullback's kind of gone extinct. Everybody had a fullback back in the day. Nobody you know I think the nine like team one that one team, yeah. 49 that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: In college, you got the three service academies. Kansas State still uses one, but San Diego state, like there's not too many college teams either that use a fullback, you know, so it's just it's gone extinct. So again, I don't think I don't know if the running back position will ever go extinct. I don't think it will, but it it's just you know, just the way the game is evolving, it's kind of less and less, you know, on the running backs and you know um you just don't yeah you just don't have to pay him as much so look it's unfortunate again it's not yet because you mentioned Josh Jacobs the guy led the led the league in rushing last year you know like Austin Eckler you know Tony Pollard you know I know he signed his franchise tag but you know he's a huge part of that Cowboys team last year like yeah like it's hard it, it you know Dalvin Cook signed that big deal and the Vikings got rid of him so yeah you know again is it fair you can debate it probably not but
1: um you know it is what it is in the sport right now. Exactly, 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 and it's not going to change. It's going to become even more and more of a passing league. Now, moving on to a receiver who got signed this week, the uh, Tennessee Titans signed DeAndre Hopkins to a two-year, twenty-six million dollar deal. And the big question for the Titans is: Is are they are they are they Super Bowl contenders with with DeAndre Hopkins? Is this team Super Bowl contenders? And that is a quick no because I don't think the quarterback is good enough. I don't think the offensive line is good enough. And as good as Derrick Henry is, he's close to thirty years old. And the defense was great against the run, but really bad against the pass. So their defense was middle of the pack last year, too, even though Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best players in Harold Landry back. So it's a pretty, for me, for the Titans being Super Bowl contenders with Hopkins, does Hopkins make them contenders? I know Hopkins is still really good. He's not the player he was in 2020, but he's still really good. But I do not think they are Super Bowl contenders. It's a team that lost seven straight last year and a team with a quarterback that is not, right now that is his best days. To me, his best days are behind him.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. They're not again. I could see him get the playoffs, and they in the in their style of play, I could see him maybe upsetting a team. But yeah, I just I don't think realistically they're not winning a shootout against anybody. Um, you know, that, that's just not happening. And you know, Hopkins again, yeah, he's a really good wide receiver. Again, he's caught passing for 15 different quarterbacks in the league, and his production's still been pretty good throughout the board. So, you know, again, he's having a huge part of this offense. It's just again, it's not gonna be enough. Yeah, the offensive line was horrible. Um, I know you know Malik Willis had some time last year, he did not play well, you know, when he started his couple games last year. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't think this team's a, a Super Bowl contender. I could maybe see him sneak up on somebody you know, in a playoff
1: game, but that, that's about it. Yeah, I did to me, they're definitely not a Super Bowl contender. Now, last year, the Titans had a four game lead. Uh, on Thanksgiving, the Titans had a four game lead in the AFC South, but. They ended up losing seven straight, and Jacksonville won six of their last seven. And then Jacksonville won the division. And the question is now, with the addition of Hopkins, are they back to being the best team in the AFC South? And I'm going to say absolutely not, absolutely not. I think I think uh, Jacksonville leaps and bounds better. And I think the biggest reason why is the quarterback. The quarterback for Jacksonville is far superior to the quarterback in Tennessee. That's why I think that that Jacksonville is clearly the. I don't think Hopkins makes them the best team, but the best team in the AFC South. I think Jacksonville is still clearly the best team in the division. I think if you look at Jacksonville, to Trevor Lawrence, his last the his last nine games in the regular season, sixteen total touchdowns, two picks. He was one of the best quarterbacks in football at the, those in those last nine games, and he's going to get Calvin Ridley back. I think that Jacksonville is clearly a better, even though the even though the Titans got Hopkins. I think Jacksonville is clearly a better team than the Titans because Jacksonville went up at the end of the year last year, and Tennessee went down. So I definitely do not think the Titans are the best team in the AFC South going into the season.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you, Jacksonville. You know, you're two hundred, Doug Peterson. Now, you know, yeah, I, I expect that team to get. You know, that you saw that team grow throughout the year, and I continue, I, you know, expect to see that team continue to get better this year. Um, you know, and yeah, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence the way they ended because they started that year what like two and two and seven? six, two and
1: six, two and six. They didn't six. win. A, they didn't win a game in the month of October.
2: No, yeah, because they had like that five game losing streak, and yeah, then they, they kind of caught fire in the month of November. Um, it was right around, I think it was, yeah, like right after that buy, like right after Thanksgiving, that's when they kind of caught fire, um, towards the end of the year. And yeah, you know, so again, with the young Trevor Lawrence, yeah, they got a good receiving core, um, that offensive line I expect, you know, going to get a little bit better this year. Um, and yeah, like I expect Jacksonville to win that division again, Yeah, Tennessee, I just, the offense again, Derrick Henry, again, he's not built like most running backs. Um, you know, he's been pretty healthy. Throughout, I know you, you know, one time had a you know injuries out for a while, but, um, again, I just, you know, their defense, because their defense can keep them some games. I just, yeah, with the offense of Ryan tano I don't, I think they finished in second, but I just, I don't think offensively, um, there, I think there's still a little bit can be offensively challenged in some spots, and, you know, their defense might be a little bail them out in some games, but I. Don't think it's be enough. I think they'll. I think Jacksonville will probably win that division. You know, I think they beat Tennessee out by like a game or two.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I definitely think so. I, I mean, I think it's going to be four or five games just because of the quarterback play. I think it's going to be four or five games, Jacksonville, because Jacksonville has a good chance to maybe even get the number one seed in the AFC. So I think it, it, it could, it could be four or five games that Jacksonville could beat out uh, Tennessee in that division. Now the, the next question is: Is are the Titans a playoff team with DeAndre Hopkins? And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because I just don't like the quarterback. I think the quarterback has gotten worse and worse every year. There's a chance Will Levis could be the starting quarterback in the middle of the season. I don't like the offensive line either. I think the offensive line was one of the worst in football last year. I think it's going to continue to struggle. I think the offensive line is going to continue to struggle. The defense, as I said, is decent, but it's not great. I like Vrabel. I I, I like parts to this team. I like Derrick Henry is still one of the best running backs in football. Je, Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best defensive tackles in the game, but within a stacked maybe they were in the NFC. They might be a wild yeah. card team, but in the AFC, this stacked AFC, if you look at the AFC, you look at, you know, the bills, jets, dolphins, Ravens, uh, bangles, uh, the chargers chiefs, uh, Jags, this AFC is stacked. I don't see them as one of the top seven teams in the AFC. And I think they missed the playoffs for the second straight year, even though they went out and got Deandre Hopkins. Yeah,
2: I'm with you. Um, uh- I think, yeah, the only chance they have to make the playoffs and win the division, they're not going to make it in a wild card. It's just, it's way too com- um, competitive as a conference. I just don't see them being out some of those other teams you mentioned. I just need to be too tough with that offense. And, um, you know, I, I just, you know, they'll probably maybe win, you know, seven, eight games. Maybe that's that's about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I think the only chance, I, yeah, if they're in the NFC, yeah, they could probably get in as a wild card team, but, In this loaded AFC, I don't think the only chance they guys win that division.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now we will move on to the team that missed out on DeAndre Hopkins, and that's the Patriots. And the big question is, is how big of a missed opportunity is this for the Patriots? And I think this is a big missed opportunity. Yes, I know DeAndre Hopkins, not the player who was in 2020, but still, he was still a really good player last year in the four games that Kyler Murray played. Either had a, a game where he had over 100 yards receiving or and a touchdown. He didn't have a game where he didn't have a touchdown or over 100 yards receiving. You saw that one-handed catch against Minnesota. You saw that one-handed catch against the Chargers. I still think he's a top 10 receiver in the game. And he definitely would have been the biggest. I mean, he would have, definitely would have been the best receiver on, on, the, on, the, on the Patriots roster. This is a huge missed opportunity because you have got a young quarterback. You got a young quarterback that you don't know if he's your guy or not. And how you can how you really are going to be able to determine if he's your guy or not is to give him a top receiver. You look at his Alabama teammates. Last year, the Dolphins, they traded for Tyreek Hill. The uh, Eagles, they traded for A.J. Brown to know if they had their guy or not. And, and that guy succeeded. The Patriots needed to put Mac Jones in a position to succeed. And the crazy thing is, is he picked a team that lost seven straight games over the Patriots. That's embarrassing for that franchise that that happened. That, 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 could, that, 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 that is embarrassing that that happened for that franchise. And this is a major, major missed opportunity for the Patriots not to get a weapon like this.
2: Yeah, you know it. It hurts again. Like even if Hopkins did signed here, there's no guarantee we finish out. We finish, you know, third place in this division. Like there's still there's not no, a guarantee.
1: There's that. no guarantee, but it would be better for Mac Jones, and you would know. Oh, yes. What you, you would know if you had your quarterback going forward? Mac Jones could have another bad year this year, and you wouldn't really know if you have your guy going forward because the organization over the last two years, outside of hiring Bill O'Brien, has done everything to set this kid up to fail
2: yep and that's that you know that that's been a huge issue and yeah it would have been nice to have him because we still don't have you know the tackle position is still a big weak spot in the team and you know like he ain't a scrambler you know like he's a pocket passer who you know again can't really is not great mobile. so you know we'll so you know that that's another issue on this team um and, and yeah you know again with him signing it doesn't sound like new england so new england had 17 million in cash base so hopkins got 16 million now even with the titans like because the titans have a better chance of winning the afc south than the Patriots do of winning their division so like the Patriots probably would have had to pay him 18 million now they would have they could have tried to make some flexibilities there and, and done it but again knowing bill there's no way he's paying him 17, 18 million dollars. They would have to pay him more than the Titans, and there's no way that they were ever going to do that. Unfortunately, you would think he maybe would have pulled the trigger to help his quarterback, but Bills Bill.
1: And that is the problem. That is the problem. Bill operates like this is 20, like Tom Brady is still there, and he's been doing that since Tom Brady has left. He still operates like Tom Ooh. Brady is still there. He still thinks, you know, the culture in the system is going to matter. He's going to think, you know. DeAndre Hawkins needs us more than we need them, which is which is which is which is nonsense. Okay, he, th- he thinks he thinks that it's that Tom Brady still that's how he up That is a major major problem right now. And this team has the worst roster as the worst roster in the AFC East, and there is a great chance they're going to finish in last place in the AFC East. And people are going to say, "Oh well, look at look at the defense, look at the defense." Well, here's the question: How many quarterbacks did they beat? That are current starting quarterbacks right now. How many starting quarterbacks did the Patriots beat last year? That are current starting quarterbacks right now? One guy, Jared Goff. They beat Skyler it? Thompson, Zach Wilson yeah. twice, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Sam Ellinger. That's who they beat last year. They, I, they beat one quarterback that's a starting qu- really current starting it. quarterback on their team. And if you look, if you look at going into this year, what they're going to have to go up against: Aaron Rodgers twice, Josh Allen twice. They might have to go up against two or twice. They got to go up against Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson and uh, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott. Like 13 of their 17 games are against pretty good quarterbacks. I mean, really, there might be four games on the schedule. The game against the Raiders, the game against the Colts, the game against Wash, the Commanders, and maybe the game against the Steelers, that they might have the better quarterback going into that game. Into that game, The other 13, they won't. And yeah, there might be a game against the Dolphins, because two of them might end up being hurt. But that, that's pretty much... I'm really they're they're probably at, at at most five games going into this year, they're gonna have the better quarterback going into the game. And that's not a recipe to win games in the national in the NFL in twenty twenty-three.
2: That was a great point on the uh quarterbacks. I did not realize that that there only be one guy that's the current starting quarterback. But at I was like, yeah, that he mentioned again that you were right about that, which is crazy. But that again, you got me more worried now about Oh, this yeah, game. you gotta well, be worried. Five minutes if you're ago. a Patriot fan, you now gotta be worried. More worried. Yeah. Yeah, and I am a little bit more worried. And look, I like—I don't know how much longer Bill's gonna be. I know Bill wants to get—I know he wants to pass on Schuler, and he's dirty more from tying him. But everything sounds like Geron Mayo is gonna be the guy that he's gonna be the next in line, and they kept him around. And I can't imagine that Mayo would have stuck stuck around if Bill's gonna be here for another four or five years. Like I just—I can't imagine. I I think he probably would have left if That was the case and grabbed another job. So I don't like so maybe he's only here for another year or two. I don't, I don't know. But look, I know crap probably wants one more run. He ain't getting any younger. You know, he's in his 80s now. Or, you know, um, but like if this team goes eight at nine, seven to ten, I don't I don't know if crap fires him. If this team really flops and goes like three and fourteen. Then maybe, 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 they, maybe he kind of, you know, him and Kraft kind of, maybe it's one of those, okay, you know, mutually part ways kind of thing where, hey, you know, we're not going to fire you, but, you know, walk away. Or maybe Kraft gives them another job in the organization that's not that coach. Maybe, you know, maybe that's what happens. Um, but look, you know, Bill definitely deserves a lot of blame for kind of what's, going on the last couple of years. Again, yeah, he is, you know, you mentioned it too. He has not helped Mac Jones out, you know, that again, he's running it, you know, for him, it's so like Tom Brady's running the team and there is playing quarterback and he cannot fill all your holes. He just, it, you know, Matt, you know, there's only one guy that's really ever going to be able to do that. You know, uh, Mac, Mac has not been that guy. So yeah, it, it's been unfair to him. Um, but I'll, I'll be interested to see, you know, how much longer he sticks around again, if they go three and 14, something like that, yeah, maybe maybe they mutual way. If they go seven to ten, eight, and nine, I can't I can't see Kraft firing him. I can maybe see him go. Look, next year we have to make the playoffs or we're done. You know this. You know I, I got to move on. But they go somewhere right near five hundred. I I think he probably gets at least one more. I just I don't I don't you know for Kraft I don't know you know it. it for all he's done it, it'd be tough for him to kind of sit there and fire him.
1: Yeah. And I think you answered the quarter next question. Should Belichick be on the hot no. seat going into the season? And you kind of, you're kind of saying, you know, maybe, maybe not. I'm saying, yes, I'm saying he should be on the hot seat, especially as the general manager. That that's the no. problem. That is the problem. And I said it earlier, he operates like Tom Brady is still the quarterback of this team. You can't operate the same way. You can't do things the same way with Mac Jones, your quarterback as you do with Tom Brady. Yes. You, you can get away with not paying guys, not putting talent around Tom Brady, and he can overcome that and get you to an AFC Championship game. Mac Jones, he can't do that. You have to do things differently when you have a quarterback like Mac Jones. you got to put players around him. And they have over the last two years, they have not done that. They have not done that for Mac Jones. So I think Bill Belichick as a general manager should, manager should absolutely be on the hot seat. And if they have another bad year, they need to bring in a general manager here because things will not get better until they get a general manager. So as a GM, he should be on the hot seat. And maybe as, a head, maybe as a head coach, you keep you, you, you try to keep him around. Yeah, maybe to break Shula's record. And he hasn't slipped up that much as a head coach. I still think he's a top two coach in the league by Andy Reid. I, I don't think he slipped up that much as a head coach. I know what happened with Patricia and that at the end of the Raiders game yeah. was inexcusable. But I, but I still think he's one of the top coaches in the league. But as a general manager, if they don't make the playoffs this year, he's got to be gone. If he doesn't want to get rid of the GM role, get rid of him. Get rid of him entirely. Get him away. Get him out of the organization.
2: Yeah, GM rule. Yeah, maybe that's where I, they go seven, ten, eight, nine. Maybe that's where Kraft says, "Hey, just you know, I'm going to bring on a new GM. You know that, like that. We, you know, just worry about the head coaching duties. I'm bringing somebody. You know, and yeah, if he doesn't want to agree that, maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they do go their separate ways here. Um, but yeah, head coach. You know, as a head coach, yeah, he's still one of the best. Again, I, like you know, because I I see it very, and I know there's not a lot of Wombu games on our schedule but like with him still as our head coach, I can't see us going three and 14. Like, you know, we'll steal a couple games. Um, but yeah, as him as a GM, I think it's, you know, he's worn his welcome. You know, I know he's done it forever here, but yeah, I think it's a time where, yeah, you got to start doing things a little bit differently and you know, he's got to, you know, again, he's a very stubborn person, but yeah, at some point you got to get over that and got to evolve and, he just hasn't done that, unfortunately. And, and so yeah, you know, again, another kind of bad year. You know, if you finish them last, I think absolutely Kraft has to go in there and say, look, you know, I'm gonna bring somebody and be the GM and just wear it, you know. I just want you to be head coach. And knowing Bill, hopefully that's okay. But part of me does you know thinks that could end that 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 could be
1: the end of Bill in New England. I I think he it, I think it, it's going to be the end because I don't think he's going to give it up. Now he should give it up, but I don't he think should. he's going to give it up. But, yeah. but 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 we'll end up see we'll we'll end up seeing what happens there. But the Yankees have been absolutely terrible over the last week. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections.
0: Do you have a four hundred one k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? how often are you thinking about it the team at jpex financial group can help set your mind at ease we specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial educational and investment needs we help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies you deserve a personal tailored plan lasting meaningful and open relationships are the foundation of our practice securities offered through raymond james financial services inc member FINRA, SIPC. investment advisory services offered through raymond james financial services advisors inc jpex financial group llc is not a registered broker dealer and is independent of raymond james financial services jpex financial group is located at 78 eastern boulevard glastonbury connecticut there's no bigger investment than home ownership and to make sure the house is up to your standards you need a professional to look it over Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work.
1: What makes me a good home
0: inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com.
1: All righty, so the Yankees have been absolutely terrible over the last, since July 4th, the Yankees have been terrible. They've lost eight of their last 10 games it has been, just been awful and it's, everything's been awful starting pitching the p- offense has been putrid even the bullpen they've blown three leads where they've had a two-run lead or more going into the seventh they've blown and in, in this losing streak they've blown three games where they've had a two-run lead or more going into the seventh inning so this this has just been absolutely I, this is the lowest it's been for the Yankees since since 2016 this is the lowest it's been since 2016. It's everything. The offense has been awful, even though Stanton hit a couple home runs this weekend. Uh, the, the starting pitching has been up and down, like it's been all year, and, and this bullpen has been terrible recently. It's been great all year, but it's been terrible recently. This team is in a terrible spot right now, two and a half games uh, behind the Astros for the last, last wild card spot. And let me and let me tell you something: uh, this, this team has got to start winning games, and they got to start winning t- today and then on this homestand. This homestand has got to be a homestand where they take four to five. It's got to be a home stand where they take four to five because you see what's coming up after it. They got after that, they got 10 games with the O's, the Orioles, the Rays and the Astros after their home stand against the Mets and the Royals. So this team has got to pick it up. This is absolutely terrible. Last night was pathetic. Only getting one hit against, against, against the angels. They've lost two games to the angels without Mike Trout. That is inexcusable.
2: Yeah, it is. And you know, this team is an absolute disappointment. Um, yeah, you know, again the bullpen just is falling apart. And again, what you know, and this is why it's trust. It's tough to trust the bullpen all the time because again, they use them so much. Because Boone loves to rush and go to his bullpen every chance he gets. He loves to go to him, and this is what happens. They all yep, wear down.
1: It, yep. And this is why this is on Boone because he pulled Herman in that game against the Cubs. They blew. Mm-hmm. He, he pulled Cole in the game against the Rockies that, that they blew. And the other night he pulled Severino. This is why this is on Boone. This is exactly why if, if they if they don't make a run here, they don't turn this around, he's got to go. He's got to be gone. Oh, yeah. he, Aaron Boone has got to be fired.
2: Oh, yeah. He's a clown now. I'm tired of all this positivity stuff. Oh, yeah, we're confident. How – I look in that dugout. I don't see one dude that's confident in that dugout. I, I like, I just I, – I cannot – I wish I could be as positive as Aaron Boone all the time. I wish I could. You know, I, like yeah. every, everything's rainbow and sunshine, even for how bad they're playing. Everything's, you know, everything's so great. I, I just, again, I, I can't stand them. Again, like Monday night, and I know Mikey, uh, Mickey, Monica hit, they hit a home run last night. But how do you pitch the show away there? And he I was know. like, well, he fall behind in the count. And like if they're in the guy was on second base, who cares if the dude on second scores? it's still three to two. You're still in the lead. I, know, I just, I again, I don't, he just chews on his bubble gum and, you know, and his sunflower seeds. And I just think he's just drifting off the space. I don't think he has any clue what's going on in a baseball game.
1: So not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not at Yeah. Yeah. The
2: lineup. Yeah. The lineup's a mess. I just, again, I don't get to a minute, but I'd rather just have this team just be sellers. Uh, I like, I just, I like, I, well, I will, but again, none of nobody's in the lineup playing well. So it's, kind of hard to sell but like at the, at this point it seems a joke and this this let's be honest team not making the playoff even when judge comes back he's not going to be 100 this team ain't making the playoffs there's no chance they make the playoffs so i i, uh, I can't watch no, this baseball team it's just impossible
1: nor nor are they not making the playoffs they might be out of this if this continues they might be out of this by the middle of august they might not get us the football season they might be out of this by the middle of august the way things are going yeah
2: yeah them in the mets it could be a they uh, uh, you know, hey, month and half of, uh, no baseball talk, yeah. They, they do, yeah,
1: yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Imagine New York, imagine New York. It's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna pretty much be. I mean, at least the Giants and Jets are gonna be really good this year, They're yeah. Like, both teams should be really good. And you got, you got, you got Barkley, you got Rogers to talk about, but yeah, in New York, there's there could be no baseball to talk about in September with the way things are going. No.
2: no, no, absolutely not. No, it's gonna be, you know, speculation on uh, if managers are gonna survive in the city or even you know, for the Mets point again, cause Cashman's staying, you know, we all know that, but if Billy okay, Eppler, we, we all know
1: yeah, we all know Cashman's staying. Epler, Epler and Buck should both yeah, be Epler. gone, but Eppler's going to stay, but yeah, Cashman's yeah. going to stay because he just got signed a, a new contract. And that's another problem with this team. Yeah. Brian Cashman, you know, there's not, did not put this team in any position to succeed this year with all these veterans that can't hit guys like, you know, they say, Rizzo. He can't hit, uh, re DJ LeMay, he can't hit, uh, and then you got guys like Trevino and Kyner Falefa who are absolutely terrible, Glaber Torres who is an average mm. hitter but he's a terrible fielder. I mean it's just, just just bad all around. It's just bad all around right now for this team.
2: Yeah, it is and you know, and look, a lot of these guys have they've had to get outside the system and this is another thing I could put on Cashman and I know, look, I know they draft a lot in the 20s and 30s, but look at the LA Dodgers. It seems like every single year they got three or four prospects that are ready to go. Gavin Lux, Walker Buehler, um, the couple stars they brought up this year. You know, every year, the Dodgers have developed great talent. The Yankees, out, again, give them credit for Judge. You know, hopefully Volpe and Oswald Peraza are going to be those guys. But, like, they have not developed much talent over the years. They've had to go out of the, system, out of the organization and have to go grab guys they have not done a good job in that orientation of just of development. And, you know, again, hopefully Dominguez, Austin Wells, you know, Clayton Beater down at AAA, they got for Gallo last year. He's been, you know, he's been awesome down there. So I don't know, maybe next, this court, you know, behind them, this next, you know, group of prospects can kind of do the job. But yeah, like they, Cashman also development-wise has not been gradably, you know, look at all the pitchers, Severino. I know Severino's moments. Then we had Debbie Garcia. Champ oh, Adams.
1: God. Oh, God. Steph- even Severino yeah. this year has been just god-awful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully Severino turned a corner Monday because he did pitch better. But, like, there were so many starters that they are supposed to be, like, the next big thing in New York. And they just all fly. Like, I don't even know if Chance Adams is even playing ball in the U.S. anymore. I don't even know. Like, he they, they really have not done a good job, especially pitching-wise. You know, so that's another thing on casting. They have not done well of late. And, again – They've had to resort to veterans that just, yeah, like Rizzo's been awful. LeMate, Le- the mate, and like the mate was a crazy one. Cause you didn't think that he would, this would happen to a guy. Cause he's a contact here, but unfortunately it has. And you know, it's, yeah, it's been awful. And yeah, this week against the Royals is, is uh, it, it's a must sweep, but I, I don't see it with the team right now. I don't, I don't, not even the rules. I, I can't see us sweeping.
1: No, the way, the way things are going. Absolutely not. Even though how terrible the Royals are. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not going to go that way. And it's the same thing with the Mets. I would I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Mets split with them or even or I would this is crazy to say even won those two games against them the way the way they're no. playing. They've they've lost uh eight out of their last ten and six of the eight have been to the Cubs, the Angels without Mike Trout and the Rockies, and the Rockies, and they've blown three of those games that they should have won. It's yeah. just it, it, it's just it's 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 awful. It's all it's awful. It's a low, it's a very low point for the franchise. And we thought in 2017. And everything was going to be really good. We thought we were back to being a top fan, a team, and then just continued failed fail, failure in the playoffs. 2018, they lose to the Red Sox. 2019, losing the ALCS. 2020, lose to the Rays. 2021, lose the wild card game to the Red Sox, and then 2022, another ALCS loss. This team, right? The team. This team, the way it's constructed, is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. I, I mean. It's just not going anywhere. They got to make changes. They got they got to they make some trades, especially some of these veterans. They got to trade out of here. They got to fire the manager. There's just so much that has to be done. And, they, and the thing was, you go back to last year, they were right there. They were right there last year. Especially in the first half of the year, they were right there. Yeah, they tailed off in the second half. They were right there being, still with being one of the top teams in baseball. And it has just gone the other way this year.
2: Yeah, it absolutely has. And, yeah, you know, the orientation right now, yeah, again, you know, we thought at 17, you know, things were bright and, you know, you got to game seven there against the Astros. And yeah, it's all falling apart since. And again, all the organization does is make excuses. Like 17, oh, yeah. I'm like, it was even before last year of the season. Cashman was like, he about the World Series. He's like, yeah, we should have got there in 17, but, you know, the, the Astros. And the it's like, fine, you lost two to one. You're the team they hit. I know. I know. Like,
1: I know. I know. I know.
2: The excuse this year is gonna be oh well we didn't have Aaron Judge last year after they lost the Astros. Well, you know, we would have beat them if we had guys healthy. You were not being the Astros. No, you, you, got, no you got
1: everybody got yeah. sweat. If you want to use if you want to use Aaron Judge as the excuse, Aaron Judge has gotten hurt before. He has a history yeah. of getting of getting injured. And you paid yeah. you and you gave him the contract. That's on you. Don't sit there and make that no. don't use that as an excuse. Yeah.
2: You know they will, though. Oh, you, you know well, they will. Of course they that, will.
1: Because they're not account, they're not accountable with the way they were no. when George was there. If George was no. here, got- oh. <laughs> Aaron Boone would not- Aaron Boone would have been fired so- mm. like ba- back in like 2020 or 2021. If George was still yeah. here, the old Steinbrenner would have fired him in like 2018. I mean, the- what they yeah. allow here is is, is is the standards have definitely fallen here. Don't tell me that it's championship or bust because yeah. Aaron Boone would not be the manager and Brian Cashman yeah. would be the general manager if it's championship or bust.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they 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 would not be here anymore. And uh, you know, they would have turned the corner very quickly. And I know it's a lot tougher now to in one world series because you got more playoff teams and, and you know, I think the analytics have kind of helped you've seen that has helped like the Rays and some of these small market teams kind of compete. Um, you know, it hasn't really the analytics have not helped the Yankees at all. Um, you know, but yeah, like if George you know, you wish Hal had a little bit of George in him. Just a little bit, because you know, I, I, you know, I'm like it was like three weeks ago. we saying, you know, like I don't know why the fans are so frustrated. It's like this is this is
1: frustrated? what we
0: knew they were. Yeah, wh-
1: yeah. why are the fans? They, why are the fans frustrated? Why? Why are you upset? Why do you? Why do you think the fans are frustrated? You're not winning.
0: No,
2: no, they're, they're, you're not. You're four games over, and again, you're the what? The second high, second third highest payroll in the sport, and you're four games over five hundred. You know, and you're getting your doors blown off you by the Rockies, the Angels, you know, the Cubs at home. Like, you know, you're supposed to tread. And this was the kind of a point where, hey, you know, we could kind of tread water here, kind of, you know, easier part of the schedule here where we could kind of keep ground here with with, with the wildcard teams. But that's that's not what they have done at all. And, yeah, they've completely fallen off. And it, it it's bad. And, you know, and, again, like the last thing, too, my – is like the only thing when it's like, yeah, the Yankees are looking for a starter, a catcher, a left fielder, and bullpen. It's like usually a team that's looking for four different, you know, uh positions, usually those are sellers, not contenders. And and again, well, you know, for the year, you know, we're all set we could we can win with this group. I I I, I seriously don't know how they believe that they that you know that they thought they could win this group. Again, I, I, I just think the Yankees think that you know all of us fans are like idiots. Cause it's like Boone every night, you know. Oh, you know, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get him tomorrow night. Like the way he talks every night, it's like they must think we're idiots and don't don't know what you know how baseball works or whatever. It just I just I just I, I just again I did not stay up last night. I didn't, you know, Friday or yeah, it was Saturday night. I didn't turn the game on. I watched I watched the Canadian Football League and said I it just I can't watch this team anymore because it's just it's just miserable and it's just. Not enjoyable. I, I just, I, I've been watching other baseball games. Not not much of the Yankees lately. I just, it's the same thing every night. Every night. And
1: we t- and we talked about, we were going to talk about the Yankees trying to get Otani. But that's not appropriate right now. I think the big question is, is at this point, should the Yankees, should the Yankees be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? Should the Yankees be, I think we should ask that question. Should the Yankees be buyers or yeah. sellers? Right now, I still think they should be buyers. They're only two and a half games out. And, you know, they might be able to pick up some ground beforehand because look at the games they have coming up they have they have the royals for three and the mets for two so they might be able to win four to five there and be in it so i do think they should be buyers but let me tell you if someone says they should be sellers at this point i'm not i'm not i'm not going to give that strong of an argument about it
2: yeah i'm not again i'm at the point where yeah. i think it kind of sell like and i i, I kind of wow. want to sell at this point but like the problem wow. is with doing that is who's going to trade for anthony rizzo right now Who's going to like and just eat the contracts and just retool, just start retooling? Because, like, do I really want to give up some of my top prospects or a team that might not even make the playoffs? Not really. Like, I don't want to no. give up Jason Dominguez. I rather, I was reading last night of, I uh, actually MLP saw Jason scout.
1: Dominguez hit a home run last night in Hartford.
2: Yes, he did it one last night. You were there?
1: Yeah, yeah I
2: was there. To yeah. See. yeah. Yeah, nice. You know, like, uh, you know, he's starting to get well. I was reading last night a scout. Um, Austin Wells. Awesome they're saying, you know, his bat, his bat will, you know, will not, you know, his bat's ready the, uh, for major league level. Again, he's not ready catching wise to catch a major league sap, but like his bat, his bat's ready. He could play first base. Why don't you just try him out at first base for bring a little bit and just guys, see?
1: Bring, bring these guys up. This lineup is terrible. Dominguez, Wells, bring them up. I don't I yeah. mind that they're playing Paraza now. Just no. bring these guys up. This lineup is terrible. What, what, what's the, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to struggle. Yeah. Okay, they're top their top prospects. They're not gonna completely lose their confidence. Give them reps. It's better than what you have right now.
2: Nice. Yeah, I completely agree. With you. Why don't you just do that? Again, if Rizzo's so bothered with the neck, just put him on the 10 day DIL. Bring up Wells, see what Wells can do, you know, have Wells pick at the ears of you know Higashioka and, and Trevino. Learn how to become a better, you know, hopefully he can become like a better catcher and could be the future catcher of the team. But like, yeah, like at this point. Again, I would trade a Rizzo LeMay, but what are their values? Like, that's the issue. That there's And that's no, why I'm like – There's no you know, value with those guys. There's, there's none right now. And that's, that's the disappointing part because, you know, you could eat some salary. You could kind of retool things because that, that's what this team really needs. But, yes, that's that's why I would like to be a seller, but that's why it would be tough because you're not going to get anything for them. You're going to eat all these contracts, and it just – you know? It, it just – yeah. It, so, I, I just – I, I – at this point, I'd rather say put because again, I don't, I understand the buying point, but I'm like, why would I want to risk giving up a top prospect for a team that might not even make playoffs? That's, that's where I'm like, I, I don't know if I want to do that.
1: I'm saying they should be buyers, but not make that splash move. Maybe go out and get like, like they've been saying, maybe a Cody Bellinger, not make a smash move mm-hmm. where you got to give up a Dominguez or a Wells. You don't want to give up those guys for this yeah. team, but not make a splash move, but just make an addition if you're in it. To make the uh, try to try to show the fan base that, that 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 you're going for this, just make maybe an addition. But yeah, you don't want to go out like we, we were obviously we we're going to talk about Otani at this point. I don't think it makes sense for the Yankees no. to trade all this for Shohei Otani because this team might not even make the playoffs. And if you don't resign them, it's a total waste. Yes. So yeah, but, but yeah, but, but yeah, maybe a smaller move I wouldn't mind. Maybe, I, so I do think they should be buyers, but not go crazy.
2: Yeah, I don't think they should go crazy. Belger would be nice because I think his swing fits beautifully for Yankee Stadium. Randall Gritchett, who's been a Yankee killer, would be nice. You know, I don't know if he, you know, again, I, he played Friday night. didn't play Saturday and Sunday after he had a huge night Friday. I don't know why the Rockies benched him, but didn't really seem to matter for them, especially Sunday. So, I heard his name in the mix, too. Yeah, like, I wouldn't mind, against getting one of those. It just, that doesn't really put us over the top. Again, maybe it makes us a little bit better. I, you know, and then, yeah, you probably only have to give up, like, a, I don't know, maybe, like, a, you know, bottom 10, or, like, kind of, maybe, like, a guy that's kind of, um, like, a top 10, maybe top 11, somewhere in that range, maybe you would have to give up for, like, a Gritchard or Bellinger, maybe, but, yeah, like, I, I would not go much higher up than that, you know, I just, you know, it just doesn't seem to be worth it with the team, so, yeah, I, like, if they do a move like that, I wouldn't mind it, but. Yeah, like, I, I don't want this team going out and trying to make a splash move and, and trying to... in usually, Brian doesn't really do that. Like, Brian really hasn't really destroyed the farm system in a trade. Like, you know, he really hasn't gone about it like that either. So, um. but yeah, like, a, I wouldn't mind a Bellinger, Randall Gritchett, you know, trying to think who else, you know, uh, you know, from a team that could um, maybe sell pieces. But yeah, like, at this point, it's not great, and yeah, I just, you know, we'll, we'll see. I just, I don't have much confidence that, even with one of those pieces that it makes that much of a difference. I don't know. I'm just at that point with this team.
1: Yeah, yeah, this team is just not looking good at all, and hopefully it gets better in the next week. But seeing the schedule in August, I just don't think it is going to get better. But we're going to wrap up talking about the Red Sox, and they've done the opposite of what the Yankees have done, is they have they have beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. Before the All-Star break, They swept they swept Oakland. Uh, then coming out of the all-star break, they won two out of three against Chicago. And then they have already split with Oakland today. They're a game and a half behind uh, the Astros. And the difference between them and the Yankees is they got younger players. They got some players like, a, you know, Yoshida. They got guys like Devers. They got guys like Duran. They got younger guys that, 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 they, that they could build around. And that's why I think if you're the Red Sox, you have to do something at the trade deadline. You definitely have to improve this rotation. You have it. I think you would have a chance, because they're good enough offensively that this team has a chance to maybe make, and then also they got the manager, too, who has won a World Series. Yeah. They would have a chance to make a run. The way they're constructed now with their pitching, there's no way this team's winning a World Series. But maybe if they make a move at the trade deadline, go out and get a Marcus Stroman, maybe an Eduardo Rodriguez, if they can get another arm, maybe another arm in the bullpen behind Kenley Jansen, I think this team could make a run. So this team needs to be aggressive at the trade deadline. They're the opposite of the Yankees. They may they may have to trade a, a good prospect to get a Marcus Stroman. They might have to trade a good prospect to get back at Juan Rodriguez. They might have to trade a really good prospect to, to do that. I know I am Bloom hates doing that. Hates to trade the farm system. Hates to trade the yeah. farm system. But if this team has a chance, they need to show the fan base that they can, that that they're going for.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know they have to, especially the way they're playing and look. You know they they really struggled you know, most of the year against some of these lesser teams. But, look, you know, before the break, they swept Oakland. They won two out of three last week against the Cubs. Um, You know, they're playing a rudder match this afternoon against against the A's. But, you know, again, I think they're going to take that one probably this afternoon. So, yeah, you know, it's been a great stretch. And they're, what, 10-3 and three now? Um, You know, since we get in July, they're one of the hottest teams in baseball. And, yeah, like the way the offense has been playing, you know, I know they kind of got cooled off last night, but this line has been on fire. Yeah, Bloom's got to make a move. And, you know, this is, you know, especially two coming up, you got the Mets this weekend, then you got the Braves before going out west to San Francisco and Seattle again. And then you look at most of August, That's a, it's a tough slate. You got the Astros twice, You got the Dodgers coming yeah. to town. So, you know, the Blue Jays, I know they've beaten up on the Blue Jays, but still division, you know, opponent here. So, yeah, for like Boston, they're right in this thing. Um, But with their schedule coming up in August, you got to make a move or two. And I I think they they should. You know, they got to go get another starter. That's the depth right now with all the guys that got hurt. Paxton kind of blew up there in the sixth or third inning the other day. But, yeah, this team, they got to make a move. They're right there. And, um, you know, and and for Haim to get some of the fan base off him, he's got to go out there and be a buyer. He has to.
1: If they don't get a starting pitcher and this team collapses, this team misses the playoffs, Hyam Bloom should be fired. They need to get a starting pitcher at trade. deadline. Not, not get a starting pitcher. Seeing some of the moves Hyam Bloom has made over the years, the guys he's let walk, letting Mookie Betts walk, letting J.D. Martinez walk, letting Alexander Bogarts walk, seeing the guys he's let walk and not improve the rotation, he has got to. He has got to get a starting pitcher. This is a humongous trade deadline for Hyam Bloom. He has got to get a starting pitcher at the trade deadline.
2: Yeah, he absolutely does, and there's always a good, a good, good, good amount of those out there. So you know, I know Lucas Giolito got blown up last night, but you know, the the White Sox are interested in trading him. You might have to give him a little bit more to get a Giolito, but there's guys that there's always guys out there on the trade market that um there's always starters out there. You know, and again, you can find one of them out there. So I, I'm with you. You know, Heinz got to go get a starter. You know. You're going to get story's going to start rehabbing this weekend. So you're going to get gonna story the, back. And
1: that's going to make the yeah. lineup even better because if you have him, you got, you got, uh, you got, you got uh, Devers, you got Yoshida, you got Turner, Turner, you, you, you got Turner. You got a, uh, you got duran has been on uh, fire man playing well. So you've got a really good better. lineup cast, yeah. yeah, you got a really good lineup. So you don't need to really touch that, but the bullpen and the rotation, they need to be improved. If this team is going to, is going to compete for a championship.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It does. You know, um, haven't heard much on sale yet, but you know, um, he threw a bullpen last week. So, sale, sale starting to throw too. But so, again, he's probably still, you know, like a yeah, month there. Yeah, but you can't month. count on him anymore. Have more. You I know, can't you count can't. on
1: him. You can't count on him.
2: I know you you can't, but again, they get they somehow make the August. That's not a bad bullpen option if you need them for an inning or two. That's not, you know, I don't think they would do that, but you know, if they get there, you, you know. Just give him, you know, a couple of A's he can give you at times. That, that'd that be nice. So, um, you know, for Boston, yeah, they got it. They got to get another start. They got to get some depth in there because, you know, I know Howick hasn't been great, but he's been out. And I, I don't think there's much of a timetable yet for him. Whitlock's been very up and down. But, you know, I think he's going to be out to at least, you know, August. So, yeah, you, you got to get some more because these bullpen days just are not going to cut it. I know a couple of these guys like Chris Murphy's pitched pretty well since, you know. Uh, Nick Pavetta looked good, but they want to keep him in the – the, um, they just want to kind of use him as a bulk guy for now. So, you know, again, these the bullpen days have been working, but it, it's kind of – you're kind of playing with fire, I feel. Like, especially with a bullpen that has been better than we've expected, but it's still not great. So you, you kind of – you never kind of know, um, you know, they, it, you, they could blow up from time to time. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. So the bottom line is, is the Red Sox – they're in it right now, and they need to make moves at the trade deadline to improve their team going forward. Well, that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R. on our with Sports Talk with R and J for Justin and I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week. No, no, no. We'll be back in two weeks because I'll be away next week. We'll be back in two weeks talking about the trade deadline in uh, in baseball and any of and, and any NFL news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone
2: pitch is
1: drilled to deep right field toward the pole and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball because the Yankees are not They're even close to the best organization in baseball.
2: They're trying to be the Rays and the Rays do this for
0: a reason. Like you're the Yankees My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group, And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Chawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, murder, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrestmedia.com.